2: To what are we going to
0: talk about
1: again?
2: Jesus Christ! Soccer. Soccer? Okay, cool. People like it when we talk about soccer.
1: Welcome to the second week of the Keep Sounding podcast for week two of the NFL regular season. The Panthers is are coming off a
0: week of the podcast.
1: Thirty to twenty-seven <laughs> loss to She's the Los Angeles the, Rams. Almost a year. A game in which they had every chance to win.
2: It's been like a couple years if you count the fourth and short days. Yeah,
1: actually, it has. And the Panthers almost won, but fell just short. When did we start, John?
2: Had a solid... Probably like 14 months ago, 13 months ago.
1: Had a solid offensive outing by Christian McCaffrey and a great defensive outing by the defense. So we're here to talk about this. This is Brian, joined by Brad and John. Brad, how are you doing tonight? I'm how how are you I'm, doing, I'm, Brad?
0: How, how are you be doing? I'm I'm, I'm impressed. You how were you able be keep, doing? I'm, I'm impressed that you were able to keep hosting.
2: Yes, yeah, this your your best uh, effort yet.
0: Yep, we tried to throw you off your game, but we 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 failed.
1: Much like Christopher McCaffrey, I was on my game tonight. He was on so, his game. He was on his game. So the Panthers played a week one preseason game against the defending NFC Championship Rams and they lost by three points.
0: Yeah, it was the regular season. We're we're not in the preseason
1: anymore. They played against This is what happens.
0: We compliment him and then he he
1: just (laughs) just (laughs) They played against the LA Rams week one in the regular season. They lost by three points. Christian McCaffrey had a good game. Brad, what are your thoughts on that?
0: I think that the Panthers played well enough to win. And I know that if you're listening to this, you're going to think that this is just a, a lame excuse because we've heard it too many times. But there legitimately were some missed opportunities that caused us to lose. and. It's a shame that Ron Rivera says that every time we lose because if there was a time to say it, week one was the time. Because we only lost by three points to the defending NFC champions when the football hit the ground five times and the Rams recovered it five times. Uh, Some of those were their own fumbles. Some of those were our fumbles. One of those was a fumble that wasn't a fumble. But, you know, when Todd Gurley puts it on the ground twice and it bounces right into the arms of an offensive lineman, and when Cam throws a forward pass that gets knocked behind the line of scrimmage and it's ruled a fumble recovered by the Rams on like the eight-yard line, and we still only lose by three points, we should come away feeling good about the fact that it was as close as it was.
2: The thing that was so annoying about that one, the camp pass that they called a fumble, just as a – that was that the announcers were like, well, you see he threw it from the nine and it landed here on the nine, so it looks like that's a backwards pass. And it's like that's not how that works. Exactly. It's like the next time a quarterback tries to throw it straight – up the middle of the field, and it gets swatted back in their face, and they're like, "Oh, well, he threw it from the twenty-five and landed on the twenty-two, so it's a backwards most pass." Have been
0: lateral, yeah, yeah. And I hate to be all conspiracy theorists, but I genuinely believe if that Jared Goff had thrown that pass, it would have been ruled incomplete.
2: Wait. I don't. It's one of those things where, like, and I agree with it for the most part where the NFL is telling the referees to do whatever makes it reviewable automatically yeah, I, I but,
0: noticed that too. I think they want to review it and just to get it right.
2: Yeah, but the problem with that is that when there's no conclusive evidence one way or another, you end up with situations like that where the most likely correct call, the call is most likely correct ends up not being made because they were trying to give themselves a chance to look at the replay. Yeah, like they
0: also they also If, have you, a tendency if they do not want to be wrong. So, unless it's blatantly yeah, so wrong, like if they did, they're not going to say I was wrong.
2: Yeah, so like if they didn't have the crutch of the replay, I bet they call that incomplete, just because that would be their best guess. And then, but since they're like, no, we have to let the play play out so we can review it, it it ended up costing the Panthers.
0: And it legitimately cost them the game because they they scored a gimme touchdown on what like two plays later, and yeah, you know we lost by a field goal. So if that doesn't happen now. That doesn't mean we lost because of that, because Cam could have thrown a pick six on the next play. You never know what what would have happened. Uh, or we could have went three and out and punted and they still scored. But, you know, it's just little things like that that make me not feel like the sky is falling just because we lost in week one.
2: Yeah. And like you said, I mean, the Rams are the defending NFC champions. And then I think fumbles should be looked at as like 50-50 propositions for each team yeah for they, the Ram- they,
0: they really are i mean yeah
2: yeah and i mean like every fumble like in a vacuum isn't going to be 50 50 you know just based on like like dj moore's fumble was a pretty like sure bet for the rams to recover because there's just nothing but rams around them but like in general you expect your team to recover half of all fumbles that occur just you know based on all uh, odds, so for the rams to recover all five and then win by three is uh that's that's good a good sign for the Panthers. Yeah, because everything else is even. Like I did in the stat, like the stat review, where yards the Panthers are the edge and yards for play and third down conversion rate and total first downs and stuff like that were all pretty even.
0: Yeah, like I think if you took the box score and you you showed it to somebody and left the, the actual score off and said who won this game. I think people would not guess that the Rams won by three points.
2: Yeah. No, it looks like – it looks – and the way they did too, like you would think maybe the Rams won on like a last-second field goal because had the ball last or something, but it was actually the other way around where the Panthers went from down 10 to down 7. Kind of a last-ditch yeah. comeback effort.
0: Yeah, and we, we also saw how useless trying to onside kick is because of the new rules. Like it's <laughs> it's pointless now.
2: They got to do the Shiano rule, man. Yeah. That's such a good idea. It's I can't believe it came from Greg Shiano. That's the best idea
0: that he's ever had, and I hate the fact <laughs> that Greg Shiano had it. Uh, but, and I, I legitimately think if somebody else had it, they would have Ooh. already done it. Like if, if Peyton Manning had that idea, <laughs> it would already be a rule.
2: Yeah. I guess we're going sans Brian for a minute. Um, I don't know what to do now.
0: Well, I guess we could explain what the Chiana rule is just in case yeah. somebody listening for the first time hasn't heard us talk about it.
2: Yeah, it's basically that instead of a kickoff, whenever a team scores, they retain possession, but it's essentially fourth and like 15, I think would be the typical way to do it, fourth and 15 from their own 35. So 95% of the time, they're just going to punt it. And punts are safer than kickoffs. And they're typically more exciting than kickoffs, and it should end up with roughly the same field position as, like, the 25-yard line that ends up happening with touchbacks. Yeah, and And then it it makes it to end of game. Yeah, so end of game situations like the one we saw uh, on Sunday, the run a play on their one attempt to pick up a first down, and if they got to the 50, they would keep the ball. That's pretty cool to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, the NFL talks about how they want things to be more exciting. Mm. And, I mean, that, to me, is exciting.
2: Yeah, and you can run like a fake punt just out of nowhere. Yeah, you
0: can like, do anything. Like, run a fake a punt on the opening kickoff. Exciting. Yeah, it's it's a whole lot more exciting than lining up for an onside kick that you know 99.9% of the time is going to be recovered by the team that's winning. Man, I, I think how many onside kicks got recovered by the kicking team last year it was like three.
2: They said it was totally? like 93 percent got recovered by the receiving team last year. Yeah,
0: so I mean, it's it's basically pointless. It's like the extra point used to be.
2: Yeah, it's it's and the thing is, like when you do recover it, it's usually not through like good kicking team execution. It's because
0: it's a blind like, uh, bostic situation. Yeah,
2: like the just the receiver on the other team it just it falls into your lap. Like you don't have to you don't do anything right. You just hope the other team messes up. Which is, I mean, I guess that's kind of football in a nutshell sometimes, but
0: yeah, pretty I much. think this,
2: I think, for a sport to be good, it's you want to eliminate just like depending on other teams' mistakes. You want it to be like who can actually do good more, not who can do bad stuff less.
0: That's a new and novel concept. I can't believe anybody's ever thought of that
2: before. <laughs> Are you here, Brian?
1: Yeah, I'm here. Oh, welcome back. (laughs) Not sure why I got kicked off the uh, chat, but...
2: Probably quiet for too long.
1: Yeah, could be. I don't know. But yeah, I mean... I felt like the Panthers got into this game with a solid defensive game plan, and the offense just kind of failed overall.
2: Yeah, for like stretches, there it was hot and cold, which is kind of, you know, not unexpected for the first week of the season. Like I thought there were times where the offense was humming, but then maybe like the third quarter, early fourth, it just looked like everybody got out of sync and they lost their rhythm.
1: It was almost exactly like uh last year week one. Like the offense like had their moments where they were really like on a rhythm chugging along and then they just had these stupid ass turnovers and same thing happened this year but they lost because the rams are like you know a good football team they sure yeah,
0: are we, we got we got unlucky this year playing the rams because last year we played a non nfc champion winning team
2: <laughs> yeah and I like we had a chance to win like i i guess like we talked about i'm glad that we played the rams one more as opposed to any other week but It's still still a tough game. game.
0: Yeah, if we played this game in like week eight or something, I think it would have been a whole lot different of an experience.
2: And probably not in a good way.
0: Yeah, probably not in a good way. I think it would have probably been like 38 to 14 or something.
2: The one thing I will say about the Rams um, coming fresh off their mega extension for uh, Jared Goff, it's nice playing a good team with a quarterback that I can hope is going to make a bad mistake at any moment. Yeah. Jared Goff's not that good. And it's just like at any moment, he could throw the ball straight to a Panther and just give us a lifeline. And then like watching the Saints and the Texans on Monday night is like the opposite, where it's just like, man, Drew Brees is just not going to mess up. This is so frustrating.
0: Yes. and And I'm sure you knew just as well as everybody else did, especially, <laughs> you know, I knew this. Um, there was no way that Will Lutz was not going to make that field goal at the end of the game. Yeah. Like, he does not miss at home. And I just, you know, he's like Matt Bryant. Like, they don't miss in, in domes. And it doesn't matter if it's a 35-yard field goal or a 70-yard field goal. If it's to win the game in a dome, it's automatic.
2: Yeah. Much to our uh, chagrin frequently
0: <laughs> yeah which you know Zerline even missed the he missed a kick against us which was odd because usually kickers don't miss against us um, <laughs> Got that bad like defense. A, what was it a 56 yarder he made yeah um, and you know it, it could have been 33 to 27 instead of 30 to 27
2: but it, it, that means the panthers cover though I think,
0: yeah, they did. Yeah, the line was three.
2: There you go. Good job, Panthers.
0: Unless it changed like prior to kickoff, but it was we were three point underdogs.
2: That's all that matters, right? Is if you win money for the people that bet on you. That's more important. That's more. Oh no, it was actually the last line was Rams one and a half.
0: Oh, Oh, people
2: smart money on the Panthers. Yeah, but um. Can we talk? Should we talk about Christian McCaffrey? We should. Yeah, we should. I think, he, I think he earned some of our words. Yeah. Did you guys know that he was that he set the team record for most all-purpose yards in a season opener?
0: No, I did not know that. I did know that because you told had a lot me. of yards. I know that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for reading, Brian. Uh, it was 209 yards, beating Steve Smith's record of 178 back in the Cardinals game, Cam's first game. And Steve Smiths are all receiving yards. But yeah, 200-yard all-purpose games don't happen that often.
0: He has two in his season openers,
2: Yeah, but like season openers, I mean. Oh, okay. But yeah, because I think there were – it happens from what I could see when I did the, player fo- the pro football re- reference play index thing. It was like you'd get one every year, like year and a half on average, like one every one to two years.
0: Oh, okay.
2: So Christian McCaffrey's that guy this year.
0: Well, I mean, it's kind of hard for him not to get 200 yards when they give him the ball literally every time they snap it on offense.
2: <laughs> 29. I mean, he averaged seven yards of carry almost like, yeah. He, did you see the Panthers post a, a video on Instagram with the SpongeBob, like mocking SpongeBob meme. And it said like, he's too small to be a running uh, NFL running back. And the video was him like, just bowling through ramps to finish this carry.
0: I did not see that mean.
2: It's pretty funny. But, but I think the highlight of the game from for uh, him from me was um, the touchdown where he crawled to the goal line. Yeah, and that stuck was the ball I've never seen such a controlled crawl to the goal line. Yeah. Like, Normally, players do that and they flail around and they like throw the ball past the goal line and barely hang on. He like put his fist in the ground and then scooted it forward and then very controlled, like in a plank position, just reached the ball across the line with you know like 300 pound men hanging on his back.
0: Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, I think if even if he was down, they should have given it to him just for the effort. (laughs) Yeah, because like you said, you don't see that.
2: Yeah. Just the, the the poise and the control. He even think, took a direct snap. Is Christian McCaffrey the best offensive player in the NFL? People are asking.
0: He is
1: at least arguably in the top three. He's pretty damn close. I mean, there aren't many yeah, running backs I, who get ten receptions. I think the, in the only game. two people
0: that you could argue that are better than him are Alvin Kamara and probably Saquon Barkley.
2: And I and would Todd almost Gurley healthy.
0: Yeah, and and healthy Todd Gurley, but I would almost take um Todd Gurley out because he's not healthy for one. Um, yeah. But I think Christian McCaffrey is more versatile than Saquon. So it's basically to me he, he him and Alvin Kamara are 1A and 1B.
2: Yeah, and i will be interested to see like the thing that's so crazy about it, like we said, he had two hundred nine total yards of offense, and nothing about what he did seemed. Oh. What? No, sorry. Nothing about what he did seemed unsustainable.
0: No, absolutely not. He could do that every
2: week. Yeah, it wasn't like it's like, yeah, he had a hundred and fifty rushing yards, but it's because he had an eighty-yard carry that won't happen every week and he averaged like three yards of care on the rest it was just chunk play after chunk play after chunk play
1: yeah i mean it almost seems like panthers fans really skeptical of cam newton right now because of his performance on sunday um but his best friend is gonna be christian mccaffrey
0: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal
1: No. I didn't think he played horrible. like he missed, I don't know, like three throws he probably could have made that yeah, which been good, but they still easily, they could have easily won without you know the Rams re- recovering literally every fumble to hit the mm-hmm. ground.
2: I know I think some people uh, are critical because he didn't throw a touchdown pass, but like that's just a result of the play calling around the goal line as much as it is an indictment of cam.
1: Yeah, I mean, they gave the ball the ball to Christian McCaffrey and he scored three times. Like, what do you want?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we like touchdowns are touchdowns. It's not like we went got down to like the five yard line. He threw three incomplete passes and we kicked a field goal. Like, the the they the, they didn't call his number.
0: Yeah,
1: that's part. That's one of the things that I appreciate about this version of the Panthers. They don't they don't need Cam Newton to do that anymore. Yeah, like. Obviously, we'd all probably feel better if Cam Newton also threw two touchdown passes on Sunday and won the game. But they didn't need him to be the kind of player he was in 2015. And they were still close, even with all the stupid mishaps in offense and the stupid calls by the officials. Not going to forget about that, quote unquote, backwards lateral. So... (laughs) I'm not well, I'm not really all that down on Cam Newton about it. I mean like he did everything he could. Like it wasn't like he made any like horrifying mistakes. It was just he missed no, a few he throws didn't. here and there and he had it he had a turnover attributed to him that wasn't his fault.
0: Yeah, he missed a couple of open guys. One of them was Greg Olsen's fault. I mean, I will defend that till my dying day. Um but, I mean, this was the first time that we've seen him play healthy since week 10 of last year when the Steelers broke his arm or his shoulder. So you have to take that into consideration. Uh, he was 25 of 38 for 239 yards. That's 66% completion percentage. And, you know, yeah, like you said, he didn't throw any touchdowns, but that's not his fault. That's Norv's fault. Um he threw a bad interception. I think he wishes he had that one back. He telegraphed it, um, and he got screwed on a lateral that wasn't a lateral. So, I mean, the thing that I looked at with with Cam was what did he look like physically throwing the ball? Like he didn't look like he was laboring too hard to throw it. Um, he did look like he was putting a little bit of air under it to, I guess, prevent putting too much strain on the shoulder. I think that's why some of his passes sailed on him. But, I mean, it wasn't like he was struggling to throw. Uh, he looked crisp uh, with his throwing motion. Um, I'm more concerned with that he only ran once. Um, and I think that's because of the sprained foot that he suffered in the preseason. But, you know, based on the big picture and everything uh, in regards to his health and, and all that, I, I can't really complain about what we got from Cam. And I think if you do complain, I think you're being – you're expecting too much and being too picky.
2: Also, I just want to point out, Cam Newton is never good in week one. He, no. he takes a while to get a rhythm. The uh, only quarterback
0: he's ever been good in was his rookie year.
2: Yeah, Quarterback rating in the week one, like by the year, uh, 2015, it was 71.3. He completed 58% of his passes for five and a half yards in attempt, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, 2016, completed 55% of his passes, one touchdown, one interception, uh, 69 quarterback rating. Nice. 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 Um, 2017. completion percentage, two touchdowns, one interception, 87 passer rating against the 49ers, and they were awful that year. And then last year, uh, 65 completion percentage, no touchdowns, 82 passer rating. Like he's thrown for like less than, in all these games, he's thrown for like 160, 180 yards and stuff like that. Like, so this is just, by his standards, that was a good week one.
1: Yeah, par for the course. I mean, the the Panthers always struggle in the first, like, three weeks of the season on offense, just, like, getting a rhythm together. Yeah. I don't know if it's Ron Rivera's fault or just, you know, how the NFL is structured in the preseason, but I'm really not too worried about it. I mean, like, the offense looked good, and, again, you know, they were three points within beating the Rams with all the mistakes they made on offense. So, yeah, not too worried.
0: No, I'm not worried yet. And I mean, this can be our segue, but I won't be worried unless we come out on Thursday night and still look like crap against the Bucks.
1: It's entirely possible that happens because it's only... It is, impo- it is
0: possible that it happens, but that's when I'll be worried.
2: Yeah, playing the the Buccaneers on a short week at home and the Buccaneers looked so bad on yeah, Sunday.
0: They, they they looked terrible and they're they didn't play at home on Sunday either, did they?
1: I believe they played no, in San Francisco. They,
0: yeah, they had a West Coast trip, so they're coming all the way back to the east coast on a short week and they looked awful. So I will be worried if we lose on Thursday. It is a
2: divisional game. No, they game. played they played in Tampa. They just played late. Oh. Oh,
0: okay. Well, still,
2: but still that doesn't even change worse.
0: that doesn't change anything. It even worse. I'll still be concerned yeah. uh, because they didn't they didn't have the we had to travel to the west coast excuse to look as bad as they did.
1: Yeah, this yeah. is this is the this is the game where Carolina comes out and shows what they are if they're going to be a playoff team in twenty seven in twenty nineteen. Like their defense looked good on Sunday. The offense had its few mishaps. Like this is the game where they put it all together, blow out the Bucks and get some momentum going forward. If they're I supposed mean, to be that team
0: realistically, we should be upset if we're not let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. If we're not six and one Uh, At the beginning of November, because we play the Buccaneers on Thursday, then we play the Cardinals, then the Texans, then the Jaguars, and then the Buccaneers again. That game could go either way because it's in London. Uh, And then we play the 49ers. So we should be no worse than five and two.
2: That's, That's a favorable schedule, I'd say.
0: Yeah. Then it gets a little tougher because we play the Titans, who could be good, could not be good. You really never know with the Titans. Uh, Then we play Green Bay and Atlanta and New Orleans and Washington and Atlanta and Seattle. So we really need to stock up on wins in the first half
2: of the year. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I know – the
0: back half of our schedule is all playoff teams or teams that could be playoff teams.
2: Yeah. But I think – and then I, I'm it's just like we talked about with the Rams being good, being a week one opponent. I do like playing the Buccaneers so early because I think Bruce Arians is good enough a coach to get them – like get them playing the way they need to play. It will probably just take them some time.
0: Yeah, so I think I like they're going to be like a 6-10 team this year.
2: Yeah, that's like trending up type of but thing. But next
0: yeah, – yeah, typical Tampa they're going to trend up. And next year with Bruce Arians – Next year, they'll probably win seven or eight games, especially if he gets himself a, a quarterback. Um, with Jameis being on his last year, there's no way they give him a contract extension. Um,
2: yeah, not, so, unless, not unless he plays drastically different. Yeah, not
0: unless he plays drastically different than he has. Uh, and generally, that doesn't happen. So their their rise could take a year or two to come to fruition, depending on what they do at quarterback. Um, you he, know they could take advantage of Miami being so terrible and trade for Rosen, but you know I don't know. I don't know.
2: I, I do like how James Winston was supposed to have found his quarterback whisper and Bruce Arians because they he he likes to do the whole throw a deep thing and Arians likes to do the whole throw a deep thing and it's just going to be a match made in heaven and then he comes out and throws more touchdowns. Together.
0: yeah i'm I'm interested in how bad he was
2: hundred ninety four yards one touchdown three interceptions two pick sixes yeah that's bad
1: yeah I mean this game seems like the perfect opportunity to bounce back but this is the Carolina Panthers we're talking about so they could totally shit the bed
2: it, that's always that always a possibility
1: yeah that said I mean the defense looked really good.
2: Yeah, I thought they did. I thought they looked uh, – they did as well as you could expect them to do against the Rams in that offense. Yeah,
0: there was my only concern was that we didn't get any sacks on on golf except for one by Bradbury. But I think that has a lot to do with it just being playing against Sean McVay um, because I think that otherwise the defense played well. You know, we forced fumbles. The yeah. just, ball just bounced the wrong direction. Um, We had an interception.
2: They they pressured golf pretty well, I thought. They just didn't quite get home.
0: Yeah. I don't know um, the pressure
2: stats, but they registered, what, six quarterback hits. So, like, that's like, he was, and he had to get some, he made some hurried throws and stuff. So I thought they were there. They were close. They just didn't quite get there.
0: Yeah. Brian Burns was within like a half a second of getting a strip sack. They didn't on get one blitz play. that much
1: either. Like a lot of it was just like four to three man pressures too. And mm-hmm. they still got after yeah. him, which was promising because, you know, Sean McVay knows how to scheme against teams that blitz a lot where like most other NFL coaches don't. So. And he does the I'm,
0: simplest thing that beats the blitz and you see it in college football. And I don't know why NFL teams don't just do it is that you just screen them to death. Like, if they're going to start blitzing, just throw a screen and make them stop blitzing. It's that simple.
2: Right. As a genius.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's that simple. And I think Ron was afraid that he would just dump it off to Gurley or, um, what's his name? The vulture. Um,
2: they're all running back. Malcolm
0: Brown. Yeah. Like, they would just destroy us in the short game. So, you know, we had to not blitz too
2: much. Yeah. I don't hate that.
1: Yeah. What I noticed was. Brian, where are
2: you... oh. No, I was going to say, what were you going to say? Cause you've been trying to get a word in.
1: <laughs> um, not nah, what I really noticed was that they didn't really blitz a whole lot and they allowed their secondary to kind of like, roam a little bit like mm-hmm. i i wrote an article about james bradbury earlier today where he got he got the chance to press a lot against the rams he got the opportunity to more read and react which is something that ron rivera's defense is all about is like taking your cushion and reading and reacting which with younger defensive backs you just it's tough to do that because they don't really even know what they're looking at anymore. But like, I feel like James Bradbury of all people has finally like risen to the next level where he can read and react and make plays and roll the dice, go out there. And I feel like Sunday was like his coming out party because he finally showed that he understands the defense. He understands an NFL offense. He did a lot of good stuff. and. I think Ron Rivera's secondary is going to be really good this year, which is weird considering how long it's been since they've had a good secondary.
2: And Bradbury got interception. Normally he doesn't do that. He can't find the ball to save his life.
1: Yeah. He's normally just all over the receiver <laughs> when they're trying to catch the ball. Yeah. The time He was, you know, making plays on the ball rather than making plays on the receiver.
2: Yeah. So maybe he'll get a couple picks this year. Oh, a couple more. Because he's never had more than, what, like, two or three in a season?
1: Yeah, I think the most he ever had was, like, two. But what I saw from him on Sunday reminded me of Josh Norman a lot in that he was not just playing what Ron Rivera was putting out there for him and, like, not just, you know, stepping back, getting his backpedal in and just – hoping to make a play and just like sticking with the receiver. He looked like a guy who knew what he was doing. And in Ron Rivera's defense, those guys, with those cushions can actually make a lot of plays.
2: Yeah. Kind of freelancing a little bit more and reacting yeah. instead of playing like a robot.
1: Yeah. Like, cause that, that's the one thing that I've always seen with Ron Rivera's defenses is that he gives these guys seven yard cushions. It's like, okay go make a play. But a lot of them are so young or so like inexperienced where they're just like, they're doing that just to not get beat where James Mm -hmm. Bradbury was making plays because he understands the game now where he can actually go up and take advantage of the fact that he can read and react quickly. So I liked what I saw from him. Dante Jackson had a little bit of it too, but James Bradbury was definitely the, the guy where he raised my eyebrows on Sunday.
2: Yeah, I just I, we de- we definitely need that this year for like them to make plays because even when they've been good, it, it always feels like they're just kind of there. And we need to, we need the turnovers like we got in 2015 for this to be a good team, especially biggest, that pass rush. The,
1: the biggest thing with 2015 was that we had Josh Norman, who would do exactly what James Bradbury did, which was decide to make a play and go off of his assignment and go to wherever the quarterback was going with the ball whether it was sacking the quarterback or going for an interception jumping a route like that's that's how you make plays in the NFL this in this day and age as a defensive back is that you roll the dice yeah cuz you
2: can't get planned for
1: yeah and Ron Rivera's defense is made for that but they never really had at least over the last 3 years they haven't had anybody who was like Experienced enough and intelligent enough to do that, where I think James Bradbury and I think Dante Jackson soon will be that way too, where they can just go rogue and go make an interception real quick.
2: Yeah. Well, they'll have plenty of opportunities to do that on Thursday night.
1: They may not even have to go rogue on it. They might just be, (laughs) you know, they might not even have to move. Yeah. They might just have the ball thrown to them. So that'll
2: be good. Did you see the last? pick 60 through that James through.
1: Oh God, it was so
2: bad. <laughs> it was like a blown up screen pass and he's like, well, nothing's there. I'm just going to throw it anyway and hit the slave. I don't know who it was, but hit the defender right between the numbers. No Buccaneer in the area.
1: Yep. That's James Winston for you. In the W. Um, let's talk about real quick. The Gerald McCoy revenge game. Oh, yeah. So, uh, over, under. Not snaps. a revenge
2: game. Did, did, did he say that?
1: Yes, everybody is making
0: a bigger deal out of it than it is.
2: I mean, he they're, only played like
1: 45% of snaps on Sunday. so There's no not...
2: bigger deal than revenge games.
1: Exactly. The one thing I will say about the whole snap count thing is that the Rams are their their base offense is three receivers and Todd Gurley slash whoever's replacing him. Whereas gotcha. the Bucks are probably not going to do that every single snap, so we might get a little more Gerald McCoy, and he might get a little bit more of a chance to wreak some havoc on his old team. I think we'll see a little more three four defense in this game because the Bucks are not a team where they have three wide receivers on the field, like 99% of their snaps.
0: Even if they do, he only throws it to Mike Evans.
1: And Mike Evans is sick, and James Bradbury happens to be the best is matchup he, in the NFL against Mike Evans. Is he, still so, sick? he was pretty sick on Sunday. He might be better on Thursday.
0: Millionaires have access to medication. <laughs>
1: He'll probably just shoot up a lot of cocaine and be fine. So, you
2: know, That's, that is that is what athletes do when they're ill. Yeah. Yep,
1: hundred percent proven.
2: Fixes everything. But he had the what? It was ten targets. And he only caught one of them against the uh, the last game against the Panthers against with Bradbury locking him down.
1: Yeah, Bradbury completely locked him down, and uh, Dante completely locked down Deshaun Jackson. So now it's. And they don't even have Deshaun Jackson anymore. Yeah, then now they have Gr- Godwin. They
2: Which don't I'll... have Adam Humphreys, the Panthers' killer either.
1: Yeah, that that was my thing in the Slack chat earlier. I was like, oh, they don't have Adam Humphreys anymore to fuck up our slot. So, yeah. Davey and Elliott might have an actual chance to not play shitty against the Buccaneers.
2: Maybe. Let's Rashad Brashad Perryman is the number three wide receiver. Well, that, if that tells you anything,
1: there's there's a couple different stories that I can tell because I mean, like he had like his moments, you know. Fast. Yeah, but they didn't he last long? Forty
0: years old.
2: No, he's like
1: I think he's like thirty-eight.
2: Rashad Perryman.
1: Yeah. He's twenty six.
2: He's twenty six. Holy
0: crap! I thought he had been in the league since like nineteen ninety nine. No joke.
2: Nah, he, he. I remember when he was a a potential Panthers fan favorite in the draft a few years ago because he was tall and very, very fast. Oh, okay. And another Stephen Hill. Yeah, which draft is, draft is basically is what he Beckerman is. Said.
0: Well, against the Forty Nine ers, he had two receptions for ten yards.
2: Correct. On five targets.
0: On five targets. I, I think we can probably hold him down. He'll probably go for 400
1: yards. Yeah, my biggest my biggest worry would be O.J. Howard to be honest, Yeah. as far as the Bucks go, because Bradbury will be all over Mike Evans, and I don't know. He might have like three or four receptions, but O.J. Howard, not sure how we're going to cover him yet.
2: It's just kind of like what I just alluded to with Jared Goff. It's just Hard for me. No matter how good the receiver is, it's hard for me to be afraid of their impact when Jameis one sends with their quarterback.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm the same way. He likes to make throws into triple coverage, and uh, that's not usually good for your, uh, you know, offense.
2: I just want to see turnovers. fun plays to happen in football games when when they're happening for your team,
1: right? So one thing I'd like to discuss before we uh, wrap this up and uh, get our score predictions in is the uh, whole bolt thing with Shaq Thompson. So Shaq Thompson is finally kind of getting involved as like the Thomas Davis replacement on defense, where now he's involved on nickel defense, dime defense, um, he had a really good game on Sunday. Is he finally evolving into the player that we think he's going to be? John, I'll start with you.
2: Um, I think so. I thought he played well on Sunday. He's the most violent tackler I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a monster.
2: <laughs> but no, I, I do like the idea of like, hey, we have this player that's got a versatile skill set. Maybe we should use him in versatile ways as opposed to just, pigeonholing him into a strong side linebacker.
1: Agreed. Brad, what about you? Yeah, I pretty much agree with what John just said. That's fair. I mean, I I liked that he was out there as much as Thomas Davis used to be, and he made as many plays as Thomas Davis used to. Like, I feel like he's finally getting the ability to transition into that second linebacker position that Davis held up against with uh, Luke Keekley on the other side for so long. I liked what he did. I liked his, how he reacted. I feel like he's finally like getting it. And I think that he can, he's going to be exactly what Carolina and specifically Ron Rivera has wanted for so long, which is a, a nickel guy who is actually big and can also stop the run.
2: Very important to stop the run. As we all yes,
1: that is that that's that's how you win football games, John. That is how you win.
2: By the way, uh, shout out to Thomas Davis for leading the NFL in tackling after week one.
0: Yeah, he had fourteen tackles.
1: God damn. I
2: also saw him get burned on the touch one of our the yeah, T.Y. Hilton's touchdown at the end of the game to send it to overtime. But we're we're gonna look past that.
0: So it was the full Thomas Davis experience.
2: <laughs> yeah. He, he badly overran T Y Hilton and then Hilton scored.
1: We're going to remember Thomas as a great player and not a mediocre player. So that play didn't happen in Carolina Panthers history. Cause he wasn't on the team. So
2: it sure didn't happen in chargers history.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, the chargers are the chargers. So their kicker didn't even play on Sunday. Um,
2: it's so, a it's a revolution, by the way. Somebody they're finally doing what I've been saying teams should do for a long time and they just had a guy do both.
0: Yeah, I uh, don't understand why more teams don't do that.
2: I don't either. I'm sure there's some logistical thing that makes it easier like to do like to practice the long snapping operation when you can have all the specialists like, you know, kicker holder and long snapper and not have to take the quarterback away to do that, but Tyra Taylor seemed to do fine and he never done it before.
1: Mm. Your analytics can go, you know, fighting a calculator or some shit. Um, so scoring predictions. Brad, I'll start with you. What is your scoring prediction for Thursday's game?
0: I believe that on Thursday, the Panthers are going to win... And I'm going to say that they will win 31 to 14.
2: So I think the win. Pandas are going to win a million points to zero.
1: Is that your final answer, John?
2: No, I'm going to say uh, 30 to 16.
1: What was your scoring prediction there, Brad? 31 to
0: 14 Panthers.
1: 31 to 14 Panthers. Are you like writing it down? Yes. John, what was your prediction again?
2: 30 to 16.
1: My prediction is 24 to 14 Panthers. Because I think that their defense is good enough that they're going to hold the Bucks down, and they're going to score enough points to really rally. I know that Eric said that this team really needs to blow out the Buccaneers and like really stomp them, but I think just winning will be good. Yeah, I agree with start. that. I,
0: I don't think we need to stomp them. for For me personally, to feel confident, uh, um, I just think we need to win, and it not be a nail biter. Like, we don't need to win on a Joey Sly game winning field goal or a whoever in the hell their kicker is missed field goal. You know, we need to win by at least 10 points.
2: I mean, even if it's like how we lost to the Rams, where like if we win by three, but it's because the Buccaneers score a touchdown with eight seconds left to make it like 28 to 26, then it's like, okay.
0: That's... Yeah, I'm okay with that. You know, we had a a 10-point lead, but it became an eight a 2-point lead. Yeah.
1: If they win this game, they get to go take on Kyler Murray, aka the Corgi quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals.
2: He looks so much like a corgi.
0: Well, yes. um they actually get to go to Arizona and play Kyler Murray no matter what. <laughs> Well, that's fair. Like, they don't get to do that if they win. Like, they have to go either way.
1: That is my how hope scheduling is that, works. My hope that is, is how is that the schedule win. works. My hope is that they win, and then they, they have some momentum going into that game against the Corgi quarterback. Well, speaking um,
0: of the Corgi quarterback, since you brought him up, what is your feeling about him after week one? I because think he, he looked like he didn't belong in the NFL in the first half, and then he looked like a, an MVP candidate in the second.
2: I think he's gonna be really, really good. I do too. I think I think, think, he, I
1: it's think the he's same. gonna be decent, but he needs a good offensive line to
2: like protect him. That's every quarterback though. I think thing with Baker Makefield last year, where it's like who's he's the best quarterback like skill wise. The only thing knocking against him is that he's short, but it's like but he's good. You know, it's the opposite of like the Josh Allen, where it's like, yeah, he's got all the the physical measurements. He's just not good at the whole throwing the ball thing. Like, Kyler Murray's good at the whole throwing the ball thing, which is, in my opinion, the most important part about for the position that throws the ball. What, really? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think so too.
2: I have one more thing. Oh, go ahead. That's it's unrelated. Kyler, Kyler.
0: Kyler proved that he can throw the ball, he threw a beautiful pass to Larry Fitz. Oh, yeah. in, in the fourth quarter of that game. I, I mean, I can't believe he threw it the way he did. It could have even been an overtime. I can't remember now.
2: I'm not sure about the one that he hit Larry Fitzgerald down the sideline.
0: Yeah, down the sideline. I can't believe he made that throw. You know, that, that's a throw that, like, Tom Brady struggles with sometimes. He'll be good. So I think I think he's going to be good.
2: So last thing before we, we go, um, the NFL tweeted out, uh, vote for the FedEx Ground Player of the Week, and the options were Marlon Mack, Dalvin Cook, and Mark Ingram. That's it?
1: Not Christian McCaffrey. How
0: is <laughs> Christian McCaffrey not on there?
2: So, well, someone uh, replied and said, this is a joke, right? No no, Christian McCaffrey. And they must have to the wrong list, and they said they're switching to UPS unless a con- correction is made. And then UPS Customer Support replied and said, Christian McCaffrey has been named the UPS Ground Player of the Week. Oh, that is amazing. word I just made up.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. There we go. That's pretty funny. He was the best the best running back in week one, real talk.
2: Yeah, I mean, he was. He, he, he you, can out out
0: he slapped. you can make an argument that he wasn't the best running back in week one, but damn it, he should at least be on the list. Like, <laughs> you know, he should at least be one of the finalists for ground player of the week.
2: He should be, yes. he's definitely a, at least the fourth option there.
0: Yeah, he's at least in the conversation of four.
1: <laughs> he made he scored almost 40 points in PPR leagues, like that's ridiculous. So, you know, <laughs> give him some respect. Put some respect on that name. So, yeah, Brian, that's...
0: I have a question for you.
1: Yeah. I already
0: know the answer, but our listeners don't. Um, did you win your slap bet?
1: I did win my slap bet, and it was because of Deuce Deuce, Dudes, Christian McCaffrey. Damn Um, it! I won by almost twenty-five points, and it and most of it had to do with Christian McCaffrey putting up thirty-seven. So I will not be getting slapped, but I will definitely share the video for anybody interested in watching me slap my brother.
0: Yeah, and uh, John really
1: interested in it. I will say that John and I also played each other week 1 in our Slack chat fantasy football league and uh Matt uh what was it Badgley for the Chargers not playing? I did not realize that until after. So, I lost. That's not why you lost. That is 100% why I lost.
0: <laughs> I lost I lost. By,
1: I lost by like 7 points like come on now.
0: I lost to fellow contributor Daniel, but I didn't lose as bad as I thought. I only lost, I lost 111 to 92.
1: Good mental victory. Much right, you Banders. lost by
2: 26. It wasn't because your kicker was out.
1: You don't know what my kicker could have done.
2: <laughs> I do know what your kicker would have done because they had another kicker and he did not score 26 points.
1: Ah, eh, whatever.
0: I lost because Joe Mixon and Stefan Diggs had a combined eight points.
1: So, in conclusion, fantasy football is stupid.
2: No, I thought, it was and I had
0: fine. I had Larry Fitzgerald on, and Philip Rivers on my bench.
2: Oh, I thought fantasy football was fine. Uh, last thing, last, last, last thing: uh, the Falcons are the worst football team in the history of football.
0: Yes, they are. Yeah, yep. I agree. Do we want to do we want to discuss why.
2: Because they lost to the Vikings, even though the Vikings only threw 10 passes.
0: They lost to the Vikings because the Vikings only threw 10 passes. They're also bad at math.
2: Oh, it's the going for two when you're down 28-6. to
0: They were losing 28-6, to and so they went for two with nine minutes left in the game. And we talked about this in our Slack chat earlier today, and we have yet to come up with a reasonable mathematical explanation as to why they did that. Because even if you do the – well, if we score three touchdowns and kick a field goal, we don't have to score four touchdowns. They still lose in that scenario. And, you know, I guess maybe they thought, well, we can score three more touchdowns and win 29 to 28, maybe.
2: So here's – well, the, I, just, the only I don't thing,
0: understand it. It just didn't make any sense.
2: The only thing I could think of was, I don't know if you guys saw it or have heard it, but basically if you're down by 14 points and you score a touchdown, you should always go for two because if you get it, you can just, if you score another touchdown, you can just kick the extra point and win. And if you don't get it, you just go for two again the next time. And the odds of you getting one of those, most teams are going to convert more than 50% of their two point conversions. So the odds are you'll convert at least one of those and still have 14 points. So it, okay. it increases your win probability. Yeah, My I was going to
0: ask you to explain that. But, yeah,
2: okay. yeah, that's basically your chances of winning improve because you're either going to win or tie if you score two touchdowns. You're more likely to win or tie opposed to just only tying. But uh, maybe the Falcons thought it applies to 28 because it's a multiple of 14. So like, we'll increase our winning odds if we go for two here, but it doesn't work that way.
0: The only thing that I think makes sense, at least in my head, um, thinking as a coach would think, you know, they've beat the crap out of us all day. We're not winning today. Let's just go for two and run a play and get the experience of going for two.
2: Yeah, you know, or just like maybe
0: they didn't get to do it in the preseason as much as they wanted to, you know, just to let's throw a play out there like maybe, I don't even know what they did when they went for two, but like they
2: they didn't convert, that's what they did.
0: Well, I know that, but I mean, like, you know, let's run a counter trap play to the left and put that on film so if we're ever in a situation again, we can line up and flip it or something, you know, get put it on film so we can sucker somebody later in the year or something. But I don't know if Dan Quinn can think that far ahead.
2: He absolutely cannot.
0: Yeah. I think he just thought two points is more than one.
2: We're now by a lot of points. We got to do the things that we're get us a lot of points. Faster. We got to do
1: the things that get us a lot of points. So the Panthers play the Buccaneers week two on Thursday night football at home. So we're hoping Carolina will stomp them out, but we'll see. As we know with Carolina, anytime they play a primetime game, you never really know. So. Hopefully next week we get to talk about the Panthers being one-on-one after stomping out the Buccaneers. So tune in, keep up with our coverage on Cat Scratch Reader, buy our shirts. But from all of us here at the Keep Sounding Podcast, this is Brian joined by Brad and John. Enjoy Thursday's game, and we will talk to you next week.
2: See ya. Newton keeps the football, takes off to the end zone for the touchdown. He takes the handoff and he scores.
1: Avoided the Dolphins behind the line of scrimmage and took it in for the first touchdown. Well, Newton keeps, lowers his shoulder and takes it in for the touchdown.
2: On second and goal, shovel pass for Caffrey. Touchdown. And off dive for Jonathan Stewart and he's in for a touchdown. That's intercepted by Kingpin. He has more of those than any linebacker in the league
1: over the last five years. You know, it is good. And Carolina gets a road win in New England.